Hello and welcome to Get Object. This is a podcast about things in games. I'm Rosie and I'm joined by my co-host Paul. Hello, how are you? Very well, thank you. Today we're talking about gore. Um, So it's going to get very, very gruesome. But before that, we will have um, some chat. Um, Paul, what are you playing at the moment? Well, I want to know first about the teaser that you've put in your notes about a a lovely object that you've got Ah, for Christmas. I did, didn't I? Yeah, so, um, yeah, we've just had Christmas. We're recording in January. I got for a Christmas present this year, and it was a huge surprise, um, is my um, boyfriend got me a Nintendo Switch. Oh, nice. I know. I've never had a Nintendo console before ever. Okay. Um, And I've also never received a console for Christmas before. I didn't realise the kind of the kind of immense totemic power of having that object (laughs) (laughs) underneath the Christmas tree. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one. It's a big one, isn't it? It was like, I think as a kid, that would have just been wildly impossible. Um, And um, just something that I would have definitely, definitely loved to have, but uh, would have been a bit of a pipe dream, really. And um, uh, it was great. I got very, I actually got like quite emotional. And then because I was emotional, Dave got emotional. And then my sister was joining us and she was like, wow, you guys are like fucking nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it was great. So I'm enjoying Nintendo games, playing lots of big hitters. I um, special shout outs, I would say, to Luigi's Mansion Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you got a Switch? Sorry, no, I don't have a Switch. Similar to you in that I've never particularly been a Nintendo person, apart from, right, my, yeah. apart from my Game Boy. But uh-huh. um, yeah, I I was wanted a, a Mega Drive, which I did indeed get for one Christmas. Oh, you lucky thing! I know. A few, um, yes. a few, few years later, I think, after it's come out. But, but still. But still. Yeah. I yeah. was happy. It's a, it's a wonderful present. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Big shout out to Luigi's Mansion anyway. Uh, three, which mm-hmm. is uh, fantastic. Really good. Um, I really like that vibe that's like for kids, like spooky, but not scary. Yeah. Um, and you often have really lovely like green and purple color palettes and like gnarly trees and stuff. Luigi's Mansion is like a perfect um, instancing of that. And also Zelda Breath of the Wild. Wow, I can see what all the fuss was about. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard good things about uh, Luigi's Mansion as well. And yeah, mm. obviously I would like to play Zelda, but yeah, I'm not going to be buying a Switch anytime soon, unfortunately. Maybe right, one day. Right. One day. Get one for your kids for Christmas. Well, yeah, I have been. <laughs> I mean, my, my daughter is starting to um, get interested in uh, video games. So yeah. Um, I mean, I have to convince my wife about that as well. Uh, so, uh, I, d- I don't think it's that realistic at the moment because she would definitely break it. But right, I've, yeah, been, yeah. I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing uh, ukulele and the Impossible Lair with her. Ooh, fun! Yeah, uh, I mean, it's not actually a great game, but she is she it likes not? It. That's okay. Is that it's just is like, that by okay. the same same guys that did Banjo Kazooie? Is that right? Yeah, but they, they right. did they did Ukulele, which is like a three D one, like Banjo Kazooie. But then this one is like um, a three D overworld, and then two D levels. Oh, so cool! She she can't do the levels, but she mm. can do the overworlds. Like got really basic jumping, like you can't fall down anywhere. You just right. jump up things, and like there's levers to press and stuff. So she can kind of do that. So she walks around the map and then I do the levels. So that's very been, nice. That's been fun. Yeah. But I've, I've also played Untitled Goose Game since we last played. Right. Yes. I yes. Did, I didn't really like it. 
Which you didn't. I feel, I feel oh, bad about saying the really. internet's I darling. I know. I, I don't know if it's maybe I just I'd heard too so much about it that there was just no surprises in it for me, and then right. I didn't really I didn't really find it funny. And then if you don't find it funny, then I don't think it works because that's what it's doing. So it may have just been yeah lack of surprise. I also played Hotline Miami again, ah. kind of kind of in preparation for this. I just like Hotline Miami, so I was like, oh, this is a, a good excuse. Um, and Control, which I finished yesterday. Yes, you were like hugely pumped by Control, weren't you? You were really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, some of the stuff that is in the early part of the game doesn't feature as much as I would like, like going on, right. going forward. But I still, yeah, really, really stylish, really, really clever, some interesting ideas there. And uh, as, I, as I mentioned to you before, a potential goldmine for us in terms of objects because it's right. all about it's all about the well all about um it's it's set in this place called the oldest house which is kind of the the, the base of a federal bureau but also mm-hmm. like this house that can like move around and change it's like a paranormal space and within there they have lots of uh what are called objects of power which ah. are normal everyday objects that have become imbued with some kind of um yeah, like um, ability or like, so there's like a, a floppy disk, for example, that stored, that had the Russian nuclear codes on. And mm-hmm. if you like bind yourself with it, it gives you the ability to um, like telepathically launch objects. Um, yeah, That's there's, there's very all, cool. all kinds of, yeah, I feel like there's a, a, a nice deep analysis for there to be done about, about those objects for sure. So. Yeah, no, that sounds like brilliant for our purposes. All yeah, right, yeah. we'll try and try and get onto that. I do really like. Um, I will say, were you saying it's stylish? It's uh, Remedy. Other developers, aren't they? They're just quite dependable for their taste level. Like they just tend to make like good, tasteful <laughs> games. I, I think. Oh yeah, I thought about it because you. I think you mentioned that before as well, and I thought about yeah. it after once you said it. I was like playing. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. She's got a great yeah. leather jacket and everything. Right. It even goes down, <laughs> even goes down to that level. Yeah, as it should. Yeah. So I guess we should talk about gore now. I don't have a... You'll be pleased to know I don't have a childhood story this time about, um, about well, the Well, that's objects. a relief. It is a relief, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you particularly into gore? Because some people are. Like, you know, do you like, like gory movies? Uh, not... The, the, the thing is that that would often be a crossover with horror which i can't yes. deal with i can't deal with scary things i'm very like control i was very worried like early <laughs> on like, in fact it's not actually that um scary as it turns out and once you get into it it's right not really um yeah but i have a very low tolerance for these kind of things so to the extent that it crosses over with horror I'm not really that interested in it I'm quite happy with it in games. It can be lots of fun in games. Mm, so it's not mm. something I would say I'm like, yeah, into as such. But I know what you mean. Some people love it. Some people love it. I mean, I think I'm the same. I definitely have, have encountered it more in games than in films. I also think there's a thing in games where, like, obviously you can play a scary game and it can be very scary, but I find it slightly less inherently stressful than watching a film because you've got something to do with your hands and mm-hmm. you've got some kind of feeling of control a lot of the time. Um, whereas just sort of sitting in front of a film, full stop, I find quite challenging. That's a that's a sort of established thing uh, from the podcast we do about Twin Peaks and David Lynch's I Don't 
really like to watch films that much yeah. but like um yeah that that feeling of having some degree of um interaction with the environment i think with games makes it a bit less stressful because i have actually it turns out played despite not having watched many gory films or anything like that i've played a few games i was quite surprised at how many that came up that was like oh no that's you know mm. quite gory uh yeah, yeah. there are there are like quite a few of them and i guess video games are kind of associated with gore yeah, hundred percent. Um, when I started thinking about this, I was like, "This is very um, compared to other objects. This is a lot dif more difficult to kind of." Uh, yeah, I think I said it's a, a lot messier, which is haha. -ha. Um, yes, but, but I, I, I wasn't trying to do. I wasn't trying to make a pun. Like it is right. harder to to kind of pin down. Um, it's not something. I mean, we've so we've done obviously keys and maps, which is something mm. we're all very familiar with in. Uh, everyday life um unless you're like i don't know a surgeon or something then you're probably not encountering great amounts of uh blood and, and viscera in your everyday um in your everyday things um also obviously the the, the presence of something like a key or a map is going to be either desirable or at least normal mm. the presence of gore in our homes or something is going to be a cause for alarm yeah, it's always going to be a problem. We're always going to need to deal with that issue. Yeah, at the very least, we're going to have some cleaning to do. Yes. So yeah, unlike other objects, this isn't a thing that you use. It is a result of, more than likely, this is a result of a thing being used on you that creates yes. gore uh, in some fashion. Yeah, I mean, most of the time it's indexing violence, isn't it? Most of the time it's kind of signifying that violence has taken place, particularly, I guess, most of the time in in games um, where violence is obviously a huge mechanic. Although it did occur to me, of course, we have um, an enormous amount of violence in games that is not accompanied by gore. I've been playing Mario Odyssey. And mm. I think if you were actually running around um, killing little mushroom critter guys by jumping on their heads, yeah. um, that would be <laughs> a messier experience yeah. than it is in, in Mario. Um, yeah, huge parts of video games just kind of sidestep the gore entirely. Mm. So I was trying to think about like um, why it's in so many games. Mm. Or, like, what So like, what do we like? So uh, as we've already talked about, it can be uh, obviously very horrifying. But um, it's also can be very funny or very ridiculous and over the top. And and I was trying to think like uh, the pleasure of because you talk, you said like do you like gore and is it a thing? But, yeah. But the I was thinking that what's good about gore in games isn't often isn't so much like the gore itself. It's not like oh this gore is a good thing. It's like a, a kind of feedback mechanism that feels good. Which it, it wouldn't, it may not necessarily have to be gore. So, like, if you have recoil on a gun, it can mm. make it feel like it has a weight to it and it make it feel fun to shoot. And when you like hit something and it explodes in a really gory way, it's kind of a, a feedback mechanism. It doesn't, it's not necessarily the gore itself that's pleasurable. It's just kind of the, yeah, the way it feeds back to you with what you're doing, I guess. Yeah, the, the kind of impact and the response. Um, yeah, is is there's a kind of um, uh, satisfaction there, I guess, that you've kind of created an explosion of of, of some sort. Hmm. Um, yeah, and actually, um, the thing I was thinking, I mean, I can I can cheat a little bit this week because um, on Diane, uh, we've previously talked about nausea 
in Twin Peaks and uh, David Lynch's work more general generally often sort of um, is interested in the body being kind of um, uh, dislocated or open. You often get vomit or um, uh, blood. Uh, Blue Velvet very famously opens with a kind of disembodied ear being found. Um, and, and something that we got into, a, a possible source of... Um, pleasure for us with with these kinds of things where the where the body is open or is kind of reduced to its component parts uh where there is gore is ego death um i don't know <laughs> ego death is kind of a weird concept um to get into but basically like you you get it within um various sort of meditative new age traditions certainly in transcendental meditation um which David Lynch is a huge advocate for, but the idea of getting beyond a state where you see yourself as a very closed system, as 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 something that is discrete, separate from the rest of the world, separate from the rest of humanity, and, and you're just sort of walking around with your own little consciousness contained in your own little skin bag. Um, and, and that, getting beyond that state, and actually... Um, places where the uh, the body is open, places where blood is coming out, where you're kind of mingling with the rest of the stuff of the world or where you're you're seeing material that that kind of undermines the idea of of the self as closed and contained. Um and the other thing of course that gore can do is bring up a um involuntary physiological response. You you mm -hmm. might feel nauseous or um you might have their hair on the back of your neck stand up. Um and again it, it undermines the sense that you're completely in control of everything you contain. Um and that uh so maybe it's a it's a kind of uh powerful magical <laughs> state to get into. But I mean either way I think certainly the idea that Gore can be a way of getting beyond thought or getting out of your head is something that's much more widely spread within culture because we, we are very aware of the the sense that stuff that is gory is not thoughtful is somehow opposed to thought mm. uh, so it's it, you know you would expect to find gore in in genres of media that are considered low in some way so horror comedy um, maybe not gore so much, but similar kind of territory being trodden in pornography, you know, things that are, are not, not considered the most thoughtful. And, and video games, of course, for much of their history have been considered that way. So it kind of makes sense that you have this sort of association um, with, hmm. with gore. And, and I was thinking even within games, right, even within like, we have these hierarchies of thoughtfulness and not thoughtfulness within video games as well. Um, and like the more sort of cerebral puzzle games, you, you wouldn't really expect to find gore, I don't think. No. Like I assume there's no like gore in The Witness or no. anything. Like that. No. <laughs> so it's an opposition that I think carries right the way through. Um, but yeah, the idea, uh, gore can get you out of your own head. And I think that's actually quite a fun place to be. And I... I, I I did have a look at people talking about it in um I looked at one of those like um GameSpot videos or something on YouTube that was like top 10 gory video games mm. and um the comments were just full of absolute exhilaration like people who are into this stuff absolutely loving it having the time of their <laughs> lives being like oh until dawn was so gory it was amazing yeah. and I think that's that's really fun you know hugely in favor of people <laughs> having a good time yeah although yeah I think the it, it can be somewhat uncomfortable to 
see yourself as a bag of meat with like yes yeah yeah i mean it's a dislocating experience definitely um but yeah maybe maybe that's why it can be uh fairly it's a potent one right it's charged D- more so i think than the other objects we covered this this feels like it has a real um strong energy signature to it yeah for sure okay so should we um should we talk about some examples of of games that uh, came to mind for us when we were yes. thinking about gore so yeah what what popped up for you um so for me as i say i haven't purposely sought out a lot of gory stuff but it turns out there's been quite a bit of it around um I was playing AI Dungeon recently. Have you have you played AI Den- Dungeon? No, never heard of it, I don't think. Oh, I wish I knew more details about it in that case. Uh, I saw someone talking about it on the internet. I think it's like um it's it's a it's a text text game, right? Mm. But it's it's all AI generated. It's all being done through some like neural net okay. <laughs> work or something. Um so it's um it's coming up with responses to you on the fly. Um, and um, and it's coming up with responses to you based on, I guess, what it thinks text adventures maybe partly will look like. Okay. Um, and um, very quickly, when I was playing AI Dungeon, I'd come across a bloody knife within like three responses. It was like, you, you know, you wake up in a field, go left, there's a bloody knife. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so I guess they come up a lot. Um, other games that came up for me though, um, I play a lot of Diablo three because okay. it's a good couch co-op game, and that's got loads of. It's got like you go through dungeons that have actual buckets of heads in them. Um, okay, so that's an example. Um, uh, Amnesia, a machine for pigs. I never played the earlier Amnesia game. Um, I don't know if you've played it. I wouldn't play that, no. I'd be oh, too scared of that. Scary, right. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Um, I never played The Dark Descent, but I really enjoyed A, a Machine for Pigs and it's revolting. It's properly okay. disgusting. It's like um, it's like a guy making a, like a demonic pig slash cannibalism factory. Um, it's, okay. it's, it's good fun. It's quite interesting um, yeah. and well made. Uh, and, and Doom was my other example. Of course, Doom. Yeah. Yes. That was the the first one I put down as well, and uh, yeah, I think yeah, that was the first one I had for keys as well. Yeah, Doom just, yeah. I mean, the 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 image that popped into my mind immediately was the the caca demon, kind of falling down and bursting like a wet balloon full of guts. Oh, that's the round guy, hey. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it looks like a um, oh, space hopper. Yeah. <laughs> when they die, they like fall to the ground, and all their guts spill out. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. that's the, the first thing I, I thought about. Yeah, so I mean, that's obviously a big part of the new Doom as well, with the mm-hmm. with the with the takedowns where you, you know, rip people open and tear their heads off and rip hearts out and all that sort of stuff. I think the the original Doom had a bit more of a horror element to it, so the, right. the, the gore in that kind of maybe straddled the line a bit more i don't know like when i think of playing doom I, I remember the walking around and just hearing like the noises like it's easy to forget that doom was like a bit of a horror game i think mm, because mm. The, you, you hear the metal midi <laughs> theme tune at the beginning and it's obviously associated with this fast-paced gameplay and stuff but yeah the horrible little scary noises from the monsters and when i knew that there was i could hear the little pink guy who was going to charge at me at right. some point I hated that so <laughs> yeah but but I, I think in the new Doom the gore is more 
obviously a kind of reward, like a, a kind of hyper exaggerated silly reward this like gore is like an enjoyable ridiculous thing where we're smashing up demons in funny amusing ways yeah it's like gore as uh rad isn't it which yeah. is a really specific take on gore yeah, yeah. i mean yeah um, uh carmageddon was another one that popped in instantly yes which... i played carmageddon as a kid yeah 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 that was fun <laughs> I, i'm not sure i've ever met anyone else who's played carmageddon whenever i mentioned carmageddon <laughs> people are like yeah I loved Carmageddon. No, it was like one of the three video games we had on my dad's PC. So I've like played hours and hours and hours of uh, Carmageddon. Yeah, great, great time. Yeah, I always say it's my favourite racing game because you don't have to do any racing. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just not into racing games at all. Whereas right. Carmageddon, yeah, for for any any listeners who don't know, you could race theoretically. I'm sure nobody did. The alternative was to either smash up all the other cars until they mm. didn't work anymore mm. or run over every pedestrian on <laughs> the level. Yeah, kill um, the pedestrians. I think that's what I used to do. I think that was maybe the easiest strategy. That must have taken ages, though, to find them all. I, yeah, I always but... just smashed up the other cars. Yeah. Right, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but, but yeah, you would get like bonuses for the different ways that you um, <laughs> <laughs> that you splattered them, like splatter bonuses and stuff. You actually had to do it because there's like a, a time pressure and mm. you get uh, you get bonus time when you're running people over. Um, uh, so the version I played, I don't know if it's the version you played, had zombies in it. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah, And yeah, then yeah. I later discovered that they were supposed to be real people so they had like green blood in this version whereas in the it was supposed to be people originally but because of yeah ratings issues and the kind of response they got from that they swapped it out for zombies oh, and then I did not the know later versions of it put people back in right so you can yeah or I, I don't know if they like released like a patch on a disc or released changed later versions but there are versions you can play with people in it um mm-hmm. Which I think makes it a bit more uncomfortable, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's sure. Rudimentary. Uh, yeah, uh, we have to mention Mortal Kombat as well, which is like the. Uh, I, I don't think there's any other game that's so strongly associated with gore. It's like become the thing that Mortal Kombat's about. Yeah, I I still think in the back of my head that whenever I mention to my mum that I'm playing a video game, she thinks of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it was this huge thing in the 90s, you know, um, the the idea of um, games as violent is specifically an idea that's really strongly associated with Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And they, again, there was an issue with that in that blood was removed from the SNES version. Mm-hmm. And then the Mega Drive was like, aha, we've got the bloody one. Like, we're the cool... Because yes. that was the Mega Drive thing, was like, um, <laughs> Nintendo's for kids, and we're like a cool, edgy console. So for them, that was really great. They could be yeah. like, we've got the blood. So, yeah, it was like um, it was like the way Sonic was like really extreme. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, you talk about Rad. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's the embodiment. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, that has got... I mean, this is a good example, I think, of where, like, Doom, like I said, the Doom gore, while being quite extreme, and maybe, I don't know, maybe sometimes makes you cringe a little bit, but for me, it's always the right balance. More combat sometimes crosses a line for me, I think, like, right. with, the, with the fatalities. Um, not that I'm like, oh, we need to ban this game or something. I'm just saying. Uh, you don't want to play it. Uh, yeah i mean no i do i like more combat but just right. some of the fatalities are just a bit much 
Like okay. uh, the new ones. I mean, they've introduced like these X-ray things for some. I don't know if you've played any of the recent ones. I, I really haven't played Mortal okay. Kombat since the 90s. So. Yes, some of the moves have like X-ray things. So when you do mm-hmm. the move, it kind of highlights in on the bones, like snapping and stuff. And, like, <laughs> oh, X-ray okay. mode. Um, I mean, I, I looked at some of the, some recent fatalities just to give people an example of, of what they're kind of going for now. I mean, you look back at the old fatalities from like 1992 now and it's like pretty tame um Hmm. so we had there was one of scorpion putting a fireball through somebody's chest and then their heart drops into the hole they fall on their knees and then scorpion cuts their head vertically so their face slides off onto the floor wow they fall over and their brain kind of spills out the hole a bit onto the floor oh my god Um, it's like mousetrap what's mousetrap Oh, it's the board game where you have to set up like oh, the ball, uh, the foot kicks a ball and it oh, goes okay, in the bucket yeah. and then the bucket moves yeah, the train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you now, got you. Yeah, um, yeah, there was one, another one where a guy at Quanji telepathically pushes a blade quite slowly through the person's mouth and out the back <laughs> and then telepathically lifts, lifts them up through the blade to cut them in half. Wow. Um, yeah, Johnny Cage putting his hands in someone's back and then ripping it open and putting his head through and doing the here's johnny line oh my which goodness is, which is um yeah that's one of the that's actually one of the more that's fun quite, ones i think yeah that's but, quite but, funny but, but some of the ones there's you know there's ones with like intestines being pulled out and like yeah it's just some of them are a bit that's a bit much for me right yeah gratuitous i guess is the word but yeah that's what like that's what more combat is and yeah. like, that's what people and i don't mind people enjoying that in any way i just mm. um yeah and i i do like more combat but yeah sometimes it can go a bit far oh yes yeah, so, um soldier of fortune uh came out in 2000 and i don't know if you remember that first person shooter i don't think it was particularly popular no i don't remember the big thing was that you could shoot different parts of people's body and like they would react to it so you could shoot limbs off or you could like shoot them in the balls and then they would like you know react to that nice uh, yeah i would have been 15 so i ironic unironically thought that this was the coolest shit ever when i heard (laughs) about this game and i was spent I was, you know, deliberately shooting all the different body parts to see what would <laughs> what would happen. Um, yeah, um, Manhunt's another one that that comes to mind. I, I think we'll probably talk about that in a bit more detail because we, we I think we're gonna have to start talking about the violence debates at at some point. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I just I wanted to mention Hotline Miami as well, which is a, a, a game that people talk about a lot, which is um, pixel art but still very very gory and brutal. You'll do things like crouch down on top of someone and repeatedly smash their head with a crowbar until it's exploded. This is mm-hmm. a, unlike a lot of these. Uh, I think, yeah, unlike any of these other games we've mentioned, this game deliberately kind of performing a self critique of violence, right? Which got talked about a lot at the time. It has the line in it, "Do you like hurting people?" Which was uh, much repeated and. Uh, um a feature that everybody's talked about um the the fact that you'd go through these levels with this really intense um synth wave mm. soundtrack mm. like getting in a flow of smashing everything up it's this kind of cacophony of violence and then the, the soundtrack would cut out as soon as you kill the last person then you'd have this kind of just low level background noise and you have walked back through the level and there would be all this 
chaos that was there so you'd have to kind of yeah it's, it's uh, so yeah it was, it was trying to their various uh, opinions on how successful it is but it, it was a game that was trying to it was a, a, in some ways about you looking for a justification for the violence i think oh. like in terms of its story because you mentioned it to me before you played it but you didn't finish it but i you, i played about five minutes of it yeah it was like it was too hectic for me okay so spoilers you can kind of um the normal ending you get to the end and you find the guys that have been doing the phone calls and there's some dialogue options about what you can ask them and there's basically like why did you do this and it's just basically like there's no there's no re- like, there's no reason here like there's no right. there's no conspiracy or story or like you just did we told you to do it and like you just did it like mm. there's no you can also there's some hidden puzzle pieces which you can c- collect to get like a second ending um this is my take on it in which you do get this like grand kind of conspiracy ending where it actually like there is a reason for it but it feels so over the top and it, it, to me it feels like it's going oh, okay here's your justification that you want like here's the silly yeah. like conspiracy so you can be happy now it, it could to me it felt like a you know you've now gone for you you were so desperate to have a reason for why you did it you've gone looking for all these secrets to like find the real reason it's like okay here's your stupid little reason that's how i interpreted it yeah um so yeah i like that yeah that seems quite clever actually all right, so those are some of the ones that came to mind for us. And then I guess there is, we can think about the the sort of mechanics that are in play um, in video games where we are coming across gore. Um, because as you say, unlike a key or a map, um, gore is not a thing that you are using. Mm. Um, so it's, it's being used in games for... Um, to elicit a kind of response, yeah. I suppose, a lot more yeah. of the time. Um, or to indicate a response, as you were saying, from the world, actually. When you shoot something, it explodes and that yeah. is satisfying. Um, so one of the things that came to mind is the way in which gore can... <sighs> Tension and release was what came to mind mm-hmm. for me. Um, and I was thinking particularly of Until Dawn. Have you played Until Dawn? No. I'm, I'm familiar with it. Um, it's quite good. It re- like I, I, I played it relatively recently, and I really did enjoy myself quite a lot. Actually, I'm not crazy about those um, story games that are like, um, the, like the Telltale games and stuff like that, like the okay. Walking Dead game. And the, I, I never really get into them so much. But um, I really did quite enjoy Until Dawn, and I did get quite into it. A bunch of teenagers up a mountain in a chalet, um, slowly getting stalked by uh, a, a, a killer. Um, and it's... I, I get, um, people always say as well, like, <clears throat> where, whereas with, um, like, the the Walking Dead or uh, Life is Strange or whatever, where you feel like you're kind of in control of a character and you want to act as that character. I've heard a lot of people say that in Until Dawn, you've, you're positioned to feel more like, like a director and kind of have fun with rather than thinking like, oh, this is the decision I would make or this is the right thing to do. It's more like, I think this is going to be more fun to do yes. this way or something. I don't know if that's I'm... how you experience it, but that's what I've heard. 
No, that's that's exactly how I experienced it. Actually, that I was able to detach somewhat because you're controlling like a cast of characters and mm-hmm. it's like a story. Um, yeah, normally I would be very very nervous about the safety of um, of of you know if it was just one of these awful teenagers. But luckily there were like <laughs> six of them and they were all dreadful in their own ways. So it was just fun to go through and and yeah, you you sort of have this thing where. Tension builds, tension builds, and then, you know, there's a terrible, gory death or someone gets sliced open and their guts all spilled out. And um, I think it was the first time I'd really gotten how that can just be funny and sort of um, (laughs) exhilarating. And like, because, yeah, there, there is a death early on. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you don't have to come across this. Maybe mm. if I played differently, I wouldn't have done. But yeah, so someone literally gets like their bottom half sliced open, okay, and 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 with like a chainsaw that's on like um you know like on in this big machine. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but uh, all the guts spill out, and it was just like it just made me laugh. I just like <laughs> shrieked with <laughs> because it was like it was like a feeling of 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 release um after the tension, and that that can be yeah. It was it was quite fun. Yeah, this yeah, this is one of the things we've. I mean, we kind of touched on this a bit, I guess, but haven't said it explicitly. But when I think of gore, like how it can be so like gore in like a Tarantino movie, where it's so mm. almost deliberately fake, and I don't find that like disgusting in any way. Like, okay, but then you can also employ it in like a very different way, where it's like really horrible to see, and you don't want to look at it. So yeah, yeah it's like you said, it can it can traverse this whole range of like responses yeah where it's actually horrifying and you're actually like yeah where where it's 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 not this fun kind of focus thing actually that was another mechanic i thought of which is um it's not exactly i i don't mean repression repulsion i guess is the best mm. way to put it um so in a game like um there were two games actually that came to mind for me um Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, which I've came out that. yeah it's it's I don't know exactly how I feel about Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice okay. um it came out a couple of years ago didn't it? it's by Ninja Theory mm-hmm. um very well made very thoughtful game uh not a huge amount of fun um I didn't think <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be honest I can't remember it particularly well but right, I, I, right. I liked it overall I seem to recall yeah, it's so it's a kind of um, it's a kind of trauma narrative basically, and you've got a heroine who has suffered terrible, terrible trauma, and as a result is um, struggling to focus the world, struggling to be able to cope with um, what reality is, mm. um, and actually that that sort of is similar to there's a similarity there with a with a game that came out in 2015 called Fran Bow. Um, which I don't know if you'll know. No, uh, it's really good. I'd really recommend Frambo. It's a, um, it's like a point and click. Um, it was made by Kill Monday, um, which are a husband and wife developer, I believe. And um, it's uh, similarly, it's it's a, a young girl. She's gone through terrible, terrible trauma, um, and the world as a result has become very hostile and scary. And like with um, Senua. The, the environments they move through are filled with like horrible bodies and um blood and dismemberment mm. and and it's difficult to know which of this is is real and which of this is a kind of manifestation of the trauma and um and in both of those you have heroines who are dealing with things that they don't want to look at 
basically, that are too horrible to be faced. And the way that the gore can actually manifest that, um, the way that gore can actually, you know, sit on the screen as something that we struggle to deal with, that we we don't necessarily want to directly look at. Um, it, it works really well with those um, with those kinds of uh, themes that are going on in the story. Um, I, I really would recommend Frambo. It's fantastic. It just reminded me of a bit at the beginning of uh, Disco Elysium, uh, mm-hmm. where you there's like a, a body hung up in the that's hung in the sort of yard behind. And it's been there a few days, so right. it's not very nice. And you have to try and it's really and depending on how you built your stats, is like a you have to kind of work up the. I don't, I don't know how to describe it like your character can't like confront it and there's like right. a skill check to like try and do it and more likely than not I think it's quite a high one so unless you've maybe it just depends on what you've put your points into but I had no chance of passing it so he tries to do it and just pukes up and then you have to like you have to find like an alternative way I, I think you actually have to you have to invest in you have to spend some time like developing like the mental capacity to reconfront it because like it has a thing called the thought cabinet where you can the character can think about things over time and then it becomes a thought that gives you like buffs or debuffs so you have to like there's one called okay. it's called volumetric shit suppressor or something like that <laughs> and you have to like get that up to a, you have to unlock that so that your stats go up so that you can try again and like do so yeah oh fantastic so you can actually deal with it yeah I think that's actually, I mean, that's not bad, is it? Because I think most of us, there is that weird thing in video games, like where like there's a body on the floor. Oh, you just go up to it and start poking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you wouldn't, I don't think most of us would do that in real life. No, that's true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, something you had in your notes, which um, I hadn't thought at all about. I was just thinking about like players' response to it. You had something in there about developers having to make it, which I hadn't considered at all oh my goodness yeah well I mean that was the thing in um uh well we're going back to Mortal Kombat I'm afraid but yeah um there was an article that I read I googled you know video game gore Mm. doing my doing my research for this one um there was an article called what it's like to work on ultra violent games like Mortal Kombat it was by uh Josh Rivera uh for Kotaku and it um yeah it detailed the impact of working on these things. I think one thing that um, we will probably get onto is the question of realism mm-hmm. um, in in uh, when we're dealing with matters of gore. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Mortal Kombat, I didn't realize the extent to which those devs are really trying to make things realistic. So obviously it's not realistic that you would open up someone's torso and pop your head through and and um you know quote the shining. Mm. But um but if you were to <laughs> what would it look like? <laughs> yeah the, the guts that you see look very yeah realistic. Exactly. And, and yeah and that is actually something that those those dev- developers are are grappling with. Um so um so they are doing huge amounts of research. They are, you know, watching um horrible horrible things on on, you know, the internet um oh in God. order to get in order to get the research done, you know. Um and um and it seems to have been um a sort of uh, quite sort of um low level traumatizing for some of the developers on it um the uh one of the uh developers talking to uh joshua rivera 
said, I'd have these extremely graphic dreams, very violent. I just kind of stopped wanting to go to sleep. So I'd keep myself awake for days at a time to avoid sleeping. Um, so, yeah, so it was really getting into their sort of psyches, having to dwell in this space for the purpose of, of research and for the purpose of modelling all the I, gore. I can imagine that, like, because I, I had, um, I'm, when I played, this happens even I to me rarely, but there's certainly games that have a certain intensity about them. That like, mm. I had dreams when I played, Blood, when I was playing Bloodborne, right. I ended up getting into my dreams a bit. Um, this doesn't help happen with many games, but you know what I mean? Like that game's so yes. intense and kind of just one of those games that does that. But yeah, if you're there like every day, I, I didn't realize they were like look, watching videos and stuff, but I also yeah, for, just having to research, like yeah. constantly just like look at the, oh, let's, these guts aren't quite uh, gutty enough. Can you like do, <laughs> uh, just like you're watching it over and over again. I think there's a, a problem there when you're kind of traumatizing your because as we said the kind of Mortal Kombat the gore is supposed to the whole point of it is that it's on this boundary of being kind of horrifying but obviously exaggerated and silly mm. it's kind of meant to hit that sweet spot of making you cringe a bit but also yeah kind of being amused at the creativity of it if your developers are like avoiding going to sleep I think you've kind of missed the point I don't know if they need to be getting it that realistic to get what they're trying to do. I, I don't think they do. I mean, the, the feeling I got from, from the article was that this was a, a team of developers who were probably all kind of gore hounds themselves, all love Mortal Kombat, okay, yeah. and are just like, let's do this. And then, yeah, okay, you know, yeah. it kind of dawns on you slowly that this is maybe not the best. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Place yeah. to be abiding. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and and another thing that they were talking about in the article is the possibility of desensitization, right? So because that's the other horrible possibility, isn't it? Is that you would be exposed to all of this stuff and not feel anything? Mm. Is is also not ideal. Um, we're supposed to be having strong responses to gore and stuff like that. But that does um, happen, though. Like Hotline Miami is a perfect example of it. And that's right. why some people, because you do have the kind of reactions that it's. So, but for someone like me who got very into Hotline Miami as like a game and I tried to get like a star on like uh, a plus on like every level mm, the violence mm. after a while you don't see it it's like it becomes like a, a completely abstract thing of like right. you're thinking of it in terms of like systems and like where how someone's going to respond to you moving in a certain way and like you're thinking about the layouts level and how to move for it efficiently like my, uh, the, there's a frog mask that exchange that, um, extends your combo window, so you you can uh, combo. You know, there, there's like levels uh, as a literal, uh, like you go upstairs to like the next floor, mm. and normally that's going to break your combo. But with this mask, you can potentially combo like a whole level. So right. you just start thinking of it all in terms of like this system of how to like move efficiently through it and like. Yeah, everything. Yeah, so it becomes completely abstracted, and yeah, after yeah, a while yeah. You, you have no reaction to the violence at all. So the dressing of it almost falls away for you, and all your all you're seeing is the systems underneath. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. Basically, I'm saying that I'm Neo from the Matrix. That's what I'm. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. The only other thing I was going to say with um, desensitization is uh, I, I thought it actually came up really well and was used really cleverly in the new God of War. Have you played? Um, have you played any God of War? Uh, I've played three. Ah, 
So I'd never I'd never played the series before, and the new one that's come out obviously is not um what's the word? It's different to the, the its predecessors, right? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Three's like more like more combat style, like ridiculous over the top, tearing people apart with your chains and like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can still. Tobias one's uh, he's a dad now. He's and, a like, dad now. Very, I mean, um, he... <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, you can still tear people apart, but it's definitely um, it's definitely trying for a uh, more meditative take on mm. tearing people apart. And yeah. actually, I think it. it it kind of gets there in some ways that are really quite well pitched and thoughtful. Um, so uh, one of the uh, main characters in God of War, your primary antagonist, Balder, um, is a Norse god who has been rendered impervious to harm. Mm-hmm. He's basically uh, he's he's basically invincible. His spell was put on him by his mother to make sure um, that he would not be harmed. Basically, so um, he can't feel pain. Um, and so, you know, while Kratos is like absolutely wild, you know, whirling on him, like punching him, throwing him through rocks, all of this stuff, Balder's feeling absolutely none of it. And actually that in itself, his desensitization, the fact that he cannot be hurt, um, the fact that, you know, he can go through any injury, um, he won't feel it and he'll just regenerate and be fine again. That is driving him mad. Um, Mm. and, um, and is this, um, the game actually does a really good job of presenting that as a kind of hell uh, for Balder and, and, and presenting, yeah, what, what it might be to have all this violence have no impact whatsoever um, and, and what that might do to, you know, what it has done to this character who's become immensely hateful and um, uh, angry mm. um, and, and, and feels like he can't live in the world at all. Um, as a result of, you know, this this um, attempt at protection by his mother. It's really, really good. I, I, I found the New God of War, like, really fun. I played it a couple of times. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought that was a nice way to circle back round on itself for a series that has been tremendously gory and uh, step back a bit and think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds more sophisticated than the mm. um, press X to have sex with the lady um, in God of War 3. <laughs> Right, yes. <laughs> the the quick time event sex scene. There was quick time event sex was there. There was a Fantastic. quick time event sex scene, yeah, in God of War 3. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, I very quickly went to run through some examples. Um, as with the last episode, I went on the No Cartridge Discord and the Range Touched Discord to ask people if there were any examples of gore that stood out for them. Um, Harlock on No Cartridge mentioned Quake 3, uh, an Unreal Tournament, I think. Um, right. This was when um, jibbing was very much a thing. Um, is that how you pronounce it? Is this a gif jif thing? I mean, oh. are we getting, if we're getting jibbing from giblets, maybe. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's what I think. Okay, yeah, that was the, you know, exploding people into uh, little balls of guts was always very satisfying. Um, also mentioned the rather disturbing cerebral bore gun, which I hadn't encountered before from Torok 2, which... Uh, I watched the video of it's like a a gun that sends out something that drills into your enemy's head and it's got like a dentist drill sound and kind of blood sprays out. It's yeah, it was quite <laughs> yeah, it was a bit disturbing that one. Um yeah. a couple of people mentioned this kind of um so uh theory is theory known as social justice mentioned Resident Evil Four and uh alex socialist undyne 28.0 mentioned the deaths in the new tomb raider and the last of us both all of those in the context of a a kind of torture porn thing Mm -hmm. which um 
certainly in the second case was saying made them quite uncomfortable like the the kind of goriness of the of the deaths that felt something almost like pornographic about them which made them quite uncomfortable with it yeah uh, i but, kind of noticed that with lara croft deaths in the new tomb raider certainly yeah uh cameron kunzelman mentioned dead space 2 has a infamous scene i don't know if you've played dead space um certainly no. i've heard about this scene before yeah it's like uh he gets I, I don't know why he has to do it but he gets in a machine that straps him down and holds his eyes open and then a needle comes down slowly like to go into his eyes and it's very like his eyes are like twitching about and like moving and it's kind of, yeah like it's very nasty um Cameron again and Sergio mentioned the Sniper Elite games, which are, again, this is kind of a game that has made gore a thing where they have these um, like zoomed in x-ray bits of like where your bullet goes through and like what bits explode. They made a whole big deal about some DLC where you could shoot Hitler in the balls. Like that was the <laughs> big thing. Right, okay. About. So uh, yeah. Um, Romination mentioned a game I'd never heard of called Chilla which is like a light gun game from 1986. Oh, wow. And it was surprisingly disturbing, um, despite being quite... It was something that felt a little bit nasty about it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There were basically people in their pants um, and you kind of shoot bits of them and make them scream to like knock bits off or or there was like a vice and you'd shoot the vice to tighten it and it would crush someone's head. Oh, my Um, God. Yeah, it felt kind of, yeah, nasty. Um, Slasher Epoch mentioned Viscera Cleanup Detail. Which is I've a seen game, that. Yeah. There's a game where you're a, a janitor who's kind of... the kind of, I don't know if this is explicit in the game. I haven't played it. But the, the idea is basically like you're cleaning up after the first person shooter person has been through and done their thing. Um, which I think p- people have variously interpreted as just kind of a joke. But also a comment perhaps on like... Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. quite a silly game. I don't know how... how but yeah. It did occur to me because I was like, I wonder what if you could almost have like the opposite mechanic of like trying to stop gore. And that was the only game I could think of where you're like cleaning it up. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, Final one, uh, a game called The Missing JJ Macfield and the Island of Memories, uh, which is a... Um, so from what I looked into it it's a puzzle game where you kind of have to get the main character dismembered in various ways Um, and there's an article by Marielle Niesler for Range Touch and she was writing about it as because the main character in the game game is a a trans woman right? and they wrote about how they this game's kind of using dismemberment to kind of explore anxieties around um, transitioning and stuff Uh so that uh yeah if you're interested in that then read the article uh google it because uh obviously she does a better job explaining that than i can now but it's uh quite an interesting example i thought um so yeah those are excellent examples yeah so should we talk about violence debate things which we can kind of try to avoid up to this point but it's so tied up in the idea of gore in games it really is. Yeah. I mean, I think you do have to get to it at some point. Um, as I was saying, I think there's, um, there are people of, I mean, certainly 
when I was saying that I think when my mum hears me say I'm playing a video game, she pictures Mortal Kombat. Yeah. There's a really specific reason for that. It's because in the 90s, you know, this was this was a huge debate. And it actually kind of continues to be a debate, the, the extent to which video games are improperly violent, I guess. Um, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I don't think it, yeah, it still happens now and again, but I think you're, you're right, definitely, it, it was in the 90s, it was mm. very much more of a, I mean, almost all it, so more combat was apparently banned in some countries, we've already mentioned the blood thing, we mentioned Carmageddon, which again mm. was banned or censored in some countries and had to change things. Um, according to the Soldier of Fortune Wikipedia page, it was rated as a pornographic film in British Columbia. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but uh, it's a rather <laughs> odd way of like... But, but, I don't yeah, know what um, they're into in British so Columbia, that but was very, That was very controversial, like the whole limb thing I mentioned about. So mm. a lot of these games we mentioned have been censored or banned, or and, and a lot of these games were talked about in um, Parliament, in the in the UK or in in America, there are various politicians. I mean, there have been a couple who've kind of tacked their careers onto um, onto uh, video game violence. Um, mm, mm. Who's, who's the UK guy? Was it Keith Vaz? Was it Keith Vaz? Is he very into video game violence? No, no, no he hates video games. Right. Okay. But yes. So right. That's quickly. his big. I don't want to. I don't want to. Um, that's his big policy area. <laughs> I'm sure he's someone who. Um, the guy in the States is that lawyer, isn't he? Um, there is a lawyer in the yeah, States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Ken Starr or something. I forget his name, but he was a big figure. Well, a Google of Keith Faz and video games does return a lot of results about okay. him. So I'm sure he was one person. But we had also, I mean, people remember the uh, a lot of the discussion around like Columbine was, there was a lot oh. of stuff about how they had have been building video game maps or something and we had there's a couple of murders manhunt that we mentioned mm, mm. so yeah manhunt is very did you have did you play manhunt no but i really remember the it's, uh furore yeah it's very nasty like, right. i played it um so this is 2003 so mm -hmm. the, the idea is that you're basically in a stuff film so your character's being right. captured and is being forced to like and then when you kill people, there's like uh, kind of cuts to like a grainy VCR execution thing. And the, the longer you held down the button, the more before you um, with like the stealth kills, the more gory it was. And it had right. weapons like plastic bags, like and just very, you know I mean, like suffocating someone with a plastic bag as a certain. Yeah, it was quite nasty, I think, in the way it represented gore. But there was a murder in the UK where it was... Uh, suggested that the, the the kid had uh, a copy of manhunt right which i think turned out later to be not true but yeah this is the this is so tied up in video games in general but it, i mean gore is the thing that uh the the mainstream focuses on when they talk about video games like that's what they think yeah of. yeah i mean and I, as i say I, I do think you know those of us who play a lot of video games and love video games we know that that's not um we we you know even violence is a mechanic right it's not all types of video game like you can you can yeah. sit there and play settlers and and not oh no there is violence in settlers <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> but 
but it's mainly road building is the point um but yeah there are lots of games that don't really um rely on that um and and of the ones that do have violence as we said gore is 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 a small subset because most of the time you know it's it's people exploding in clouds of smoke in um in you know just going poof in in zelda or whatever and also, you know, violence is just like this incredibly strong cultural preoccupation. Like I was thinking about, I always like to think about fairy stories when I'm thinking about um, all the time. But particularly <laughs> when I'm thinking about, you know, uh, sort of, you know, mo- modern forms of storytelling. And they're all they're all super violent. They're all super gory. Hansel and Gretel is absolutely disgusting. Um, you know, um, the little Red Riding Hoods, they like literally there's a grandma inside a wolf's stomach that they have to cut open so yeah. i do think you know it's a really strong cultural preoccupation and um there's a possibility that video games get particularly this association is particularly there because video games are seen as being not smart in some way compared to um you know other genres of of media um and it's not necessarily the fairest but then you do have to be like well to be fair, there is there is a lot of violence in video games and there is quite a bit of gore. But I don't know whether I have a problem with the gore itself, you know. I think that's like almost focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't personally... Mm. Yeah, I don't put any stock in any of these ideas that no. video games or gore in video games is somehow corrupting or mm. this mm. is just classic anxieties about a new medium like being degenerate in some way, which happened with the novel and film. and Yeah, absolutely. I guess um, kind of related to this in terms of like what uh, Gore was doing in the 90s. Um, I happened to um, find an article by the aforementioned Cameron Kunzelman called Heart and Miami showed the futility of ultraviolence as critique. Um, mm-hmm. To simplify, it was broadly him kind of arguing that Miami's critique of violence doesn't work anymore. Um, and it, obviously he's focused on violence rather than gore. But the way I use the article is it makes, I think, some very, very... Um, it makes a, a very useful delineation between the different eras of violence and how violence is used, um, which obviously, as we said, violence and gore is so tied up um that really helped to kind of clarify some of the thinking that that, mm. that i had as well and i thought it was really useful so yeah the, the, the way he talks about it is how violence has changed registers so we already mentioned like the 90s the way gore was like this edgy thing and he's kind of drawing this comparison between like you know mortal combat and so forth and like south park and marilyn manson right there was this yeah. culture and obviously people Mar- i mean this is all tied up like marilyn manson was another person blamed for columbine yeah um, so there was this whole culture of like yeah edginess and um could be, could be in many ways quite toxic i think but um certainly not uh obviously wouldn't then draw the conclusion that people did for them that Marilyn Manson was responsible for Columbine or, or whatever. But yeah, certainly yeah, there was yeah. certainly Gore was like a edgy, cool thing. That's what Mortal Kombat was doing, that's what Carmageddon was doing. It was kind of meant to be amusing and it was meant to be there to kind of shock and scandalise the people who would be shocked and scandalised by it and be amusing to those of us who were participating in it. But then he talks about 
and how violence changed registers, particularly in the early um, 2010s. So uh, I'll just quote from him. Um, what violence did in games shifted slightly. It was not about the gross, smiling, chunky shock of an aesthetic borrowed, basically borrowed from Pulp Fiction or the splatter right out of Aliens. When violence was centre stage, it was there to communicate grittiness. Call of Duty Black Ops features a scene where the player tortures a man by putting glass in his mouth and then punching him over and over again. This is meant to communicate seriousness, depravity and a grim political realism of doing what has to be done to win the fight. Um, it should make a player feel bad. So I think that's a really perceptive argument about how... Because, yeah, I mean, we we tended... To, both of us tended to go back to the 90s and, like, the city examples... Um, but certainly scenes like that where he mentioned where it's like oh you should take this seriously now and then we've mentioned again how this is so much of this is tied up in people not taking video games seriously yeah and video games desperately wanted to be taken seriously and this is a way they've they've tried to do it um in this case quite an obviously problematic way i think um call of duty is Kill of Duty is basically propaganda now, I think. Mm -hmm. um, did you, yeah, I mean, you would have, uh, you may have seen the stuff where they, they included in the most recent game a, um, uh, what was it called? It's basically a, an American war crime that happened in Iraq. It was like the, right. the, ro the road of something, I can't remember the name of it, but where they bombarded civilians on a road basically and killed right. them. And th that, appears in the game under the same name i think or a slightly different name but now the russians did it so they've what? just taken oh, wow. a real they've just oh taken a real war crime and they've just made it like so yeah call of duty is kind of yeah propaganda piece i think yeah um, and this, this idea of like you know this 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 ties in with a lot of this particular thing about you know obviously torture was being used in like iraq and afghanistan and stuff and this idea of like well, you know, we have to be realistic. This is what has to be done. But anyway, that's a slightly different debate. But you can see this in other games like um, The Last of Us, obviously. Um, another uh, quote from, from Cameron. Uh, the original gameplay trailer from The Last of Us from E3 in 2012 is the perfect example of the violence and seriousness paradigm. We know the game is doing something real because it cuts to a title card after shotgunning someone in the head. Right. So <laughs> this is moved from violence being silly to like, to take us seriously. We are adult and we are unflinching because we've got gore and you're going to have to deal with it it's not nice but this is how things are so yeah i think that definitely identifies something in the way that gore has changed um made me think of the the torture scene in gta 5 as well mm -hmm. remember that where you have to torture someone as trevor i don't think i would have got that far in gta 5 that was bizarre because it felt like it was trying to do that thing of I don't know, it felt like it was trying to pull off like a Hotline Miami move or something. Right. And like, but GTA has got such massive tonal shifts in it. And there's bits where you're supposed to find what Trevor's doing amusing. Mm -hmm. And then like this happens and it's like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to <laughs> interpret this. This is like all over the place. Um, that didn't work at all. But I think it's trying to do the same thing, which is right. like say, okay, we're going to do... We're going to do some serious stuff now, so here's some torture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really um, 
that really puts its finger on something that I've struggled to express when we've been discussing Twin Peaks on Diane, um, which is very often when you see a dead body in fiction or when you see um, blood and guts in fiction, it's supposed to be like the really real it's supposed to be like gritty and like um, the most real things get or something like that. And, you know, there's a kind of normative idea in the background there that this is about, yeah, hard truths. Um, and, and this is what serious storytelling that really depicts the world looks like. And something that you see in um, Lynch's work is that actually uh, when you see blood and guts and gore, it's, 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 it's where reality is, um, being contested or shifting or things are about to get really weird um you know it's not like this dead end um where it's like oh and that this is all there is to say about um the nature of man's inhumanity to man or something um mm. you know it's um it's 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 like a jumping off point for 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 really strange stuff to happen um and i i, I quite like that it made me think of um a uh, friend of uh, the podcast, Sean McTiernan, um, mm -hmm. who uh, makes a fantastic show, uh, All Units, although he's stopped now, unfortunately. Um, you know, he started doing um, book reviews on YouTube. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah. Oh, um, cool. I don't know what it's called. So, uh, I feel I should recommend it because, yeah, we like Sean. We, we like yeah. Sean. Absolutely. Um, let me just find out what it's called. Okay. Um yeah, no. So he, he had a podcast, uh, All Units, um, where he talks about films at length. And one thing he said about um, Cronenberg films uh, is that when guns appear, they break reality. Uh, I always thought that was a really, really perceptive, smart quote there. And actually, we can say similar things in, in yeah. Lynch's work, uh, you know, where these bodies appear. It's because uh, reality is being warped. Uh, what's his what's his uh, new show? Have you got a title for it? Almost. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, it's called um, Shelf Regulating System. Oh, clever, Sean. Yeah. Because <laughs> of so, a bookshelf. Huh? Because of oh, a bookshelf. Yeah, because of the bookshelf. He's in front there of the bookshelf. Uh, he's, so he's only, he's just started. So he's got one episode up about uh, cruising and gentrification. Oh, cool. Uh, looking at Samuel Delaney's Times Square, Times of Red Blue, and William E. Jones' biography of Boyd MacDonald. Um, I did watch some of it. It was good. So, right, yeah. right. Um, so there we go. Uh, so yeah, recommendation for him, definitely. But yeah, so the idea of, um, yeah, th this signals that things are going to get weird is actually, I prefer that because at least then you're conveying something of the wrongness and the horror of violence. You're portraying violence in something of its charge and its colour, at least. Um, yeah. And I think um, games that made me think of doing this, doing this idea of a world going mad and gore being a component of that. Um, Hellblade, uh, Senua's Sacrifice and Fran Bow, I've already mentioned. Mm. Um, but other games was, um, of course, Doom, uh, because the world is, reality is literally being contested because there's an yeah. invasion from hell going on. Yeah. <laughs> and part of the invasion is like, um, they're setting up, I think they're called Gore Nests in the new okay. one, um, which are like the portals that the demons are coming through. And that's like what you have to destroy. And they're just like these weird edifices of, of, um, of bits of blood and guts and, and, and ribs and whatever. And um, the other one that came up for me was uh, Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. Uh, have you played Oblivion? Uh, briefly, I think. Right. Not, not no. 
No, I mean, the way to play any Elder Scrolls game is not briefly. Uh, you need to play about <laughs> 350 hours, um, which I, I definitely have with Oblivion. But um, it's like, it's a less, it's, it now feels like a much less significant entry in the Elder Scrolls series than Morrowind and Skyrim, which uh, mm. come on either side. But Oblivion's really interesting. It's got very much its own vibe. Um, I was replaying it a little bit recently and... Um, if you wanted to play an open world RPG in which everyone is a complete maniac, um, you can play Oblivion. I don't think it's on purpose, but it has this very, very strange, very strange energy. Like in Skyrim, if if someone's giving you a quest, it will be like, oh, go to this cave because my grandfather lost his sword there. And that's all like, OK, fair enough, I'll do that. Whereas the quest givers in Oblivion are like... I'm hiding all the spoons in the mages guild. And like that they're, they're all nuts. They're all yeah. like pursuing these really strange projects. You don't know why. And uh and you have to help them out. Um and actually that that sort of idea of madness is kind of brought to the fore in the expansion the Shivering Isles which is really really good. Um but yeah where this uh there's also a demonic invasion going on in Oblivion. And again, it's accompanied with when you when you cross over to the demon plane it's like all the buildings are made of like bits of rib and skin and bone and like the chest instead of treasure chests they're called fleshy pods um and i just like this idea i like the way this keeps coming up that where there is um yeah gore as a way into a a charged and strange and frightening mode of reality rather than it just being like a statement about how reality really is and and you know yeah uh, yeah rather than a dead end uh, no, yeah, uh, yeah yeah I, I like that idea because yeah like like um like so gore is probably it's probably going to be reality sound quite traumatic and mm. um as you say so yeah the idea of reality breaking in some way is much more closer to the truth than the idea of oh, this is reality it's like I, I like the idea of it like tearing reality apart in some way it feels more real it feels um, more honest doesn't in, it yeah, more, yeah 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 so yeah i guess um one other thing to, to say is um cameron makes the argument in that article i mentioned that he thinks violence is going to change register again oh uh, i don't know whether he's right but um basically there was the Last of Us 2 trailer, which is, again, does the very, very violent thing of people getting smashed with hammers and I don't know what else, crossbowed and whatever. Yeah. Um, it got a bit more of a negative reaction and people were kind of asking, like, why this kind of stuff was there and what it was being used for. Maybe that will signal a shift or maybe it won't. I don't know. But Interesting. We'll see, so it was, it was actually there was actually a response of, like, Let's think about why we're doing this and why we're yeah. why we're showing this. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I I just think that's all it takes is to be you know um, purposeful and intentional and thoughtful, mm. um, and then and then you can go you can do really interesting stuff with blood and guts, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so hopefully you are all sufficiently disgusted um, for this week. Uh, that's us done with uh, gore. Next time we will be moving on to a different subject. What's the subject next time, Paul? computers computers yeah definitely will be easy for me because i like sci-fi games i don't know you're more of a fantasy person i but, am uh, yeah i'm gonna have to find a way to make that work we'll, we'll see <laughs> we'll see how i manage to crowbar the elder scrolls games into it next time it'll be interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
and yeah, we'll be, um, we've mentioned in the previous ones that we were recording free free episodes first before we released. So now we're kind of up to date, as it were. So I guess from from now, if people have suggestions um, for computers, uh, the next episode that they find interesting, it'll be easier to, to let us know and we can respond to it um, and incorporate those into the next episode. So now's a great time to start getting in touch with us. So everything is get object pod so mm-hmm. get object pod at gmail.com get object pod on twitter and yeah please give us ratings and reviews and stuff and oh all that please do stuff. yeah yeah give us your lovely reviews and ratings that would be wonderful as we're just sort of coming out the gate give us a bit of a push yeah so yeah hopefully it'll be um yeah good, now that we're kind of moving in kind of real time as it were i'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully hearing from some listeners uh Um, so yeah it would be great to hear from some of you if you want to get in touch yeah and thank you so much for listening so far yeah okay brilliant all right well we we will uh we'll check in with you again then next time for uh computers i think that's us done for now bye-bye bye